0: the january 19th edition of global nashville with carl dean i'm patrick ryan president of the tennessee world affairs council uh tonight we're going to be talking with uh, ralph schultz president and chief executive officer of the national area chamber of commerce uh, mr schultz uh joined mayor dean for our first global nashville webinar episode uh, last april 14th uh, he was asked how was business in nashville prior to the pandemic And he responded, quote, the business and the economy for this whole region was just exploding in a positive way. We were one of the first cities in the country to come out of the recession. And really for about almost 10 years, we've been seeing a meteoric rise in jobs, a meteoric rise in population. And so just prior to the pandemic, everything looked pretty rosy and with high momentum going forward into the future. This evening, we'll explore what that future is now and more. Ralph Schultz was named President and CEO of the Nashville Area Chamber of Commerce in November 2006, following a 30-year career in nonprofit management, marketing, and fundraising. In taking the position, he accepted a leadership role at one of Middle Tennessee's oldest and largest business federations, an organization dating back to its founding in 1847. Good evening, Mayor Dean, and welcome, Mr. Schultz. Good evening, Pat. Thank you. And hi,
1: Rolf. How are you?
0: Living the dream.
1: (laughs) The dream. Well, I can't um, believe that it's been since April, since you've been with us for a podcast. And you think back now, it was April 14th. It's kind of like tonight. April 14th was the eve of taxes being due, right? Although there was some sort of put off you could use with the pandemic. And then tonight is the eve of uh, the the Biden administration,
2: The inauguration. Um,
1: the inauguration tomorrow, and so on April fourteenth. If I, my memory serves me well, we were into the pandemic by only, in terms of day to day effect on life, probably about six weeks. Uh huh. But it was it was a, it was a somewhat serious and somber conversation we had about how I mean, Pat just talked about where Nashville was before the pandemic and. Certainly things kind of ground to a slow down, not to a stop, but things ground down pretty, pretty severely during the spring. Um, and now we're at sort of the, another phase now where uh, deaths are up and we have, the, we have the vaccines online and there's light at the end of the tunnel. But it has been a long eight months since we've talked. A lot has happened.
2: You know, I remember saying uh, at the beginning of May, does anybody else feel like it's been a year since two weeks ago?
0: <laughs>
2: you know, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the shutdown was really hard. Um, and it's hard on a lot of small business. Uh, but again, I, I still have faith that the small business closures that we're going to experience are going to be smaller in Nashville and in in this region than they are in, in other places. Um, you know, throughout this pandemic, we've gotten kind of a steady uh, diet of phone calls from small business owners that are now looking for a job, and it always makes makes my chest tighten up a little bit because you know they the, our small business owners have put everything into their business. Maybe a lifetime, and now just because of bad timing, um, you know, there th- that business is gone. But lately, I've seen a I've seen a trend toward businesses that are kind of going into hibernation. People, uh, business owners, may be uh, seeking temporary work, but they're not necessarily seeking a career, a new career. They're planning on reopening their businesses. But yeah, that that the. The shutdown was very, very difficult. And even the return, you know, although slow, Nashville, we continue to forecast a, a, a quick recovery from this pandemic um, in the future. We're saying end of second quarter now. And when you and I met before, nobody knew how long that could be.
1: Right, and do you have any figures or um, sense on what the damage has been to Nashville in terms of the economy?
2: Well, we know that the, you know, we've we've lost fundamentally a full year's GDP growth. So when our economy is restored, uh, we were at $132 billion economy for the region last February. And uh, When we consider the economy fully restored, which again will be sometime this summer, will be at $123 billion uh, economy. Our unemployment, you know, if you look at federal unemployment numbers right now, they say we're at a 4.5% or so unemployment rate, but that's not including the people that are getting benefits. So the real unemployment in this area is more like 9%. And we expect that to drop somewhere in the four to five percent range you know by late in 21. Uh, The big the big drag on the the economy is going to be the restoration of the hospitality industry in this area and a lot of that is driven just by policy. It's driven by corporate travel policy. It's it's driven by when people can meet and when people can return to conventions. Leisure travel is probably going to come back pretty fast. Uh, you know, once that that vaccine gets established. But if if we see most of the economy restored by the end of the second quarter, we see that hospitality economy restored about six months later.
1: And what's your sense of how the vaccine effort is going in in Tennessee and middle Tennessee?
2: Well, you know, the organization around it is pretty strong. Um, but the supply has, you know has been a little bit sporadic. Um, I know in the last week or so, there was much more capability to give the vaccine than the vaccine that was available. There had been a, sh- a short dip in the uh, in the availability of the vaccine. But everything that we're hearing says that that production capacity is rising and the ability to get that uh, the vaccine out there is is pretty strong. Honestly, again, just because we're familiar with the distribution efforts, you know, Tennessee had a pretty good plan and right from the start, they were getting vaccine into a lot of people's, uh, into a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and sort of what we're hearing now, uh, President-elect Biden is saying the 100 days that he'll, they'll get uh, 100,000, you know, how many people, are, they're talking about having vaccinated in, in, uh, in 100 days, that will get us a long way to to getting out of this, I think.
2: Yeah, to the, to the herd immunity. Yeah, that would, you know, that would be great to be able to hit those numbers. And I don't confer with him, but I have my fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he sounds confident. He sounds confident. Um, the... Since the last time we talked, also we had the events um, around the death of George Floyd in Nashville mm-hmm. uh, and the civic disturbances um, that were there. I mean, obviously most of it was largely peaceful, but there were uh, disturbances um, in some in the d- downtown area. Where um, obviously the courthouse was severely damaged during all this. How did that impact business? Was there?
2: You know, I think it obviously, when events like that occur, it impacts all those businesses that suffered uh, immediate damage. And, you know, this past year, it's been a one challenge after another for a lot of businesses and especially small businesses. So, you know, it, it doesn't, it didn't really affect Nashville per se. Um, you know, I mean, go down on Broadway and you still see visible action down on, down on Broadway, even, even now. Uh, but I think, you know, every one of those disasters, when they befall a, a company, you know, if it's your business that is a focal point in that disaster, it's, it's something that you have to contend with. I mean, I've often said that, you know, when we have a tornado and when we have a flood and when we have these kinds of community-wide disasters, I'm always thinking about that individual business owner that individual employee and what that disaster means to them. Because, you know, as we talked during the flood, if you don't have a job, it's hard to recover. And so business recovery is really an important, an important feature. So bottom line on it is that I think that violence shocked people in Nashville who weren't used to that, that. Type of display, uh, but by and large, I don't. I don't think it. It just. It just made Nashville a little more focused on. We really have to be thinking about the whole community, as compared to just. Right.
1: The same. I, mean, I mean, certainly, you know, there was violence, but overall, it was peaceful, and I think the it was clearly was a spontaneous reaction to horrible events in Minnesota and other places around the country, in the sense that. Um, not everybody necessarily is being treated fairly, or or, or policing is not perfect. Um, how does that factor into to the business world? In your terms of when you're talking about the city, talking about the future, um, do you think Nashville has responded appropriately to the questions that were raised by Black Lives Matter and 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 countless other organizations and people of all ethnic groups and nationalities?
2: Yeah, I think I think Nashville has developed a repu- reputation. For, be, for encouraging diversity in the community. So that on, on one level, you know, Carl, as you know, uh, visitors to this town used to be surprised at the diversity that was present here. When they got here, they were surprised at it. I know that a lot more people are aware of the diversity that exists in Nashville. I think generally Nashville is seen as a place that responds well to these, to, to any of these circumstances. And I think we've seen clearly from business leaders and uh, and our elected officials that they intend to do things that create more opportunity and more benefit for the whole population. And I think that serves Nashville well. People notice it.
1: Yeah. And then a- after that, of course, you know, the pandemic continued in some ways gotten worse. And then on Christmas Day, we have the the bombing on Second Avenue, which, um, you know.
2: Yeah, 2020 ended just in time, didn't it?
1: (laughs) What did, um, How? how, what's the impact of that? I mean, I would think in many ways that would have potentially um, an impact on the entire um, hospitality industry and and certainly about the vitality of of downtown. at least a limited impact for hopefully a short duration.
2: Yeah, I think Second Avenue, as you know, is a key part of the brand of Nashville. And so the restoration of that space and restoration of those businesses are are important to hospitality uh, going forward. It's a complicated process for those property owners and business owners and those tenants down there. You've got, you know, Metro involved. You've got insurance companies involved. You've got tenants involved. You've got all different layers of the historical commission, different layers of engagement in restoring that space. But restoring that space is going to be important to Nashville's hospitality brand. I think it was, again, another startling event. But fundamentally, I think people, I mean, the, the, in the responses I'm hearing from around the country, uh, that event, it does not change the view people have of the experience that they, ha- they, they have when they come to Nashville. They're still coming here for the music, the entertainment, the fun, the friendliness. Um, and what I'm hearing from around the country and people the people that call me, that event didn't necessarily change it.
1: Did... Um people reaching out to you from chambers around the country or contacts you've made over the years? Was it a large number? Because it was such a kind of a slow, it was Christmas day, slow news day. Yeah. Um, biggest, you know, shocking event.
2: Yeah, it was one of those things where um, it unfolded slowly. I mean, the, the response that was coming from around the country, you know, is was really kind of a two or three day affair that didn't ramp up immediately. Um, again, from your experience as mayor, you know that, you know, there are things that go into gear when uh, disasters like that occur. But as far as hearing from people around the country, I heard from a lot of people around the country, but it took three days sometimes for some people to get the news.
1: Right. and Yeah. So now we're up to the present here with the a new administration coming in tomorrow. What does a, a new administration mean to not the, the leading business organization for Middle Tennessee, and what do you think it means to Nashville?
2: Well, anytime there is a change of administration, you're you're curious to see what the areas of focus on are. Um, you know, it's we've been working for a long time, and this chamber has been working for a long time on immigration policy, and perhaps this is an opportunity for. Immigration policy to be addressed by the administration. You know, when we get down, you know, in the next few months as this economy recovers, we're going to be right back to a scarce workforce again. And we know workforce is really key to job growth, and job growth is key to expansion of opportunity. So, you know, we're anxious for. Anyone who can be productive in our economy to be a part of this uh, of this economy. So, you know, hopefully, we're 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 going to see policy that stimulates that business growth, or if it doesn't stimulate, at least it allows it uh, the marketplace to invest and to grow um, on a global basis as well as a, a national basis.
1: Yeah, and I would, I guess and it's been promised, I guess we'll, we'll see, but I, I, I would assume that there'll be more um, infrastructure dollars, more money available to state and local government than we've seen um, in, the, in the prior administration. And that could have an effect, but um, overall, you think Nashville is gonna go, go back fairly quickly once the pandemic is, you know, who knows when it's officially declared over, but when, it's, when it seems to be under control, that will go back to strong employment numbers and a growing economy?
2: Oh yeah, I think the basics that we have in place, the the fact that we have a diverse and balanced economy that had portions of the economy doing well while others were taking a a bit of a hiatus. I think the fact that we have a strong entrepreneurial um, contribution to our GDP, that's a very adaptive group uh, we're also seeing on the sidelines as we're doing this forecast, I'm hearing from people who want to invest in Nashville, and they're, when they call, they want to know, they know what the high demand industry is in Nashville and where the growth is going to be, and they're looking for investment for investment opportunities. So I think all of those things, balanced economy, diverse economy, strong entrepreneurial uh component to the economy are all going to work in our favor, but the other thing that works in our favor is just lifestyle. People want to live in Nashville, and we're seeing an in-migration to Nashville that has continued through this uh, COVID pandemic. Mostly people coming here from larger cities, but they're young, they're educated, uh, and they're attracted to the lifestyle in Nashville.
1: You, um, one of the common areas that we have is, a, is an interest in public education. And I think a belief that public education is key to the city's future. Um, what is, um, you just had the report card come out um, from the chamber and, this, and the chamber, and I've always said this, the chamber deserves a ton of credit for consistently year in year out making education a top priority. What did the report card say this year?
2: You know, what the report card really said was that there needs to be more resources directed at education and there needs to be a convening. I mean, the, the, the essence of the important recommendations was that there needed to be a convening of forces within the community to really focus on bringing our education performance up to a to a higher level. Um, I think we had six, there were six recommendations from the report card committee or the report committee uh, today. But if you look at the, the general theme of what they were recommending, it's there's a need for resource, there's a need for innovation, and there is a need for a convening of all of the potential contributors to making our education system better. Um, you know, I would tell you, One last thing on this, from a chamber perspective, we're looking at five aspects that can improve education from uh, supporting teachers properly with compensation and other forms of support to funding of the schools to innovation in the schools. I think, uh, you know, we're we're seeing a pilot on, on the use of technology with the schools right now. And I know there are a lot of lessons being learned.
1: Right. How do you feel about, um, you know, we've had this process, this pandemic that's gone on for eight, nine months now. How hard is it going to be for us to regain the momentum that schools had? How hard is it is it going to be to bring the students up to where they should be? I mean, I know there's been heroic efforts by parents, heroic efforts, especially by teachers um, to keep things on track but it, is, it has been an incredible challenge. And, and so do you see supplemental things that have to be done in the short term just to get us back up to where we need to be for these students?
2: Uh, the answer is yes. I mean, you know, we, we hear from the experts and these are experts that are in Nashville, at Peabody, at Vanderbilt and in various other places say that the impact on academic performance and the impact on social emotional learning uh, is going to be really key. I think it's, I think it's going to be particularly important as we come back to in-person school, that that social-emotional learning aspect is really uh, a high priority. But yeah, I think you know you're you're starting to see some of that um, innovation or some of that focus when when you start talking about the availability of summer school the uh, different lengths of academic years going forward. Uh, there's, there's a recovery that these young people have, they've lost some time in the education process and that's time that is gonna be difficult to make up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it needs to remain as the top priority for the city is getting public education where we, where we need it to be.
2: It's still our number one priority.
1: You know, knowing the work that you all do, the chamber um, with the city when it comes to economic development and with the state for economic development and the leadership role you all play, um, are there still things out there in the pipeline? Are, you know, I think you've been, you're bullish on Nashville, which is good uh, and as, as am I, but, uh, but are there people talking? Is there things that, that may happen in the near future? Uh,
2: the answer is yes, we saw Very few just a couple of prospects leave the pipeline when the at the onset of the pan uh, of the pandemic and since that time, you know, especially over the course of the summer, we saw small to medium sized businesses that wanted to relocate to Nashville, continuing to seek information or initiating contact and seeking information, but just recently we've started to see larger projects, uh, inquiring as well. So, um, you know, again, some of that interest from those prospects is going to be dictated by the environment they're in right now. But, you know, we're seeing business picking up on the, on the economic development side in the expansion category and the relocation category. So, uh, it's starting to come back, but it did slow down uh, during the pandemic.
1: And what have we here, uh,
0: Pat? Uh, get my mute off here. Um, uh, just throwing a couple of slides up here to uh, show some of the uh, uh, construction, the extended construction. I, I don't know if Ralph wants to comment on uh, Nashville Yards, the uh, Fifth and Broadway, these major projects that uh, we see going in place that are changing the landscape and, and uh, uh, the skyline of, of the city. Now, One of the things I would comment on, you can see here
1: with the, where the National African American Museum, uh, Music Museum is going, which um, had its ribbon cutting the other day and will be open to the public. Um, I mean, there's something that the finishing touches, the, the a lot of the the interior work was done during this pandemic, and Nashvilleans, um, once this thing is under control, are going to wake up to a city where they have this great new asset, this great new resource. Um, it's going to be a great new resource not only for the for Nashville, the city and our and our citizens, but also for school kids, but for people all over the country. I mean, it's it's, it's it, you know great reviews of it. Um, in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times had a great column about it um, on the editorial page this past week. But to me, that's a home run for the city. Um, and I think that, um, you know, Nashvilleians will wake up and see this and, and, and see progress has been going on while we've all been staying separate. I think also, I, you know, I had the, and Ralph, you, I'm sure you know more about this than I, but I had the, uh, I was at the airport a couple times during the past eight or nine months. And um, <laughs> as we wake up to the new airport, the, the airport is a beautiful building now all of a sudden. I mean, it, it is, they've done a lot of great work there and, and it's all coming together and there's a couple more years, I guess, in the project. But, um, but things have been
0: progressing as we have been um, socially separate. You get the same feeling driving down Church Street, uh, heading towards downtown as you go across the, the train yards and to the left and right, just these yeah, buildings well, I- that weeks ago or months ago, just uh, there was nothing there.
1: Yeah, so you, you, know, mean, you we, kind of feel like we've been through this pandemic. We've been through this economic downturn. But um, we can see as we drive around, the city's changing. And when we have a chance to go into these buildings. We're going to see that we're, in many ways, a stronger city than we were before. I mean, we, progress has gone on.
2: And you and, and you have to give the developers and the investors credit for, for seeing that Nashville would restore itself quickly and they continued to build that space and continue to make that space available you know we've we've had a few prospects come into town actually visit and you know they go to places like the yards and fifth and broad Broadway and Capitol View and when they're in that environment they say that's the environment that kind of environment they're looking for to, to locate their businesses it's it's a great blend of of of, of the the business atmosphere and the residential and the commercial atmosphere in all of these developments. So, um, you know, those spaces are really attractive to to the prospects that are coming into town.
1: Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I feel good. Um, I, this has been a rough year. I. I it's been a year that. Uh, well, 2020. Hopefully, 21 is going to be a great, great year all around. But, well, the past year was was tough, and the city faced. Um, enormous challenges with the tornado, the uh, pandemic, um, social issues raised that needed to be raised, but, but you know, were raised. And, and then we have the, the of course, the, the bombing that, that took place. But I, I, I still remain incredibly positive about the city's future. Let me ask you this, um, you know, I think we're gonna see a debate in the next year With the new administration there's going to be concern um, more concern than we've heard for a while but there'll be concerns voiced about um budget deficits on the federal government level there'll be um, equal concerns about the need to make sure state and local governments continue to be able to provide basic necessities but um i do think that there will be substantially more money spent on terms of uh, responding to the pandemic helping people with relief and jobs um, do you think there'll be? This is something you and I have thought about a lot. Do you think there'll be infrastructure money for transportation or anything interesting like that in the next uh, couple of years?
2: Yeah, I think I, I think we feel like transportation is going to get a lot of positive attention for for cities like ours, especially cities like um, like ours who who need to. Kind of initiate a structure. Yes, we've got public transportation available, but we've kind of long since out, outgrown the capacity uh, of that transportation. So yeah, the answer is yes, I think there will be focus in the administration. And Carl, to be somewhat attentive to what you said earlier in that, in that question, You know, I I am already hearing from some business people that are getting a little concerned about national debt, deficits, et cetera. All the indications that we're seeing from this new administration or the people that are close to it though is that infrastructure is gonna be a a high priority and transportation in particular is gonna be a high priority. So we'll see, as you know, the economic opportunity for lots of our population is going to be tied to transportation and connection to between jobs and, and residential locations. You know, it's truly all connected.
1: It truly is. <laughs> That's a, a blast from the past. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ralph, let me uh, thank you for this. Um, Pat, is there any questions that uh, you have that we, I We do.
0: We do have a couple of questions uh, that uh, came in. Uh, Jim, in uh, in our Zoom room, uh, he, he kind of piggybacked on the question about transit. He, he was curious if the new administration might have an impact on transit. I don't know if you want to add on uh, anything to that. Uh, he said uh, he's being patient. I, I think we all are to to see something happen on that score. And and I'll uh, toss a couple of questions in here at once and you can sort through them. I think you also talked about education. but We had a, a question in our Facebook room uh, about the chamber report on education, your assessment of local schools. Are they good enough to attract young people who are going to raise families here? And then I've got uh, a, a couple of closings after that.
2: Well, l- let me just comment on the education, uh, make an education comment. I. I you know, under the current circumstances, I think teachers are working hard. Administrators are working hard. Uh, everybody's trying to do the best they can under under these circumstances. But everybody agrees that, that we need to move education forward. And it's going to take more resource. And it's going to take some innovation in the way we operate our schools. Um, Adrian Battle gets high marks from uh, from a lot of the business, a lot of business people in this community. Um, and there's a feeling that that that, you know, she's she's good leadership for for going forward with some of this innovation. But um, two things. One, people agree it needs to get better, continue to get better. And two, uh, it's an important component of the econ- of the economy.
0: Anything more to add on the uh, transportation infrastructure uh, possibilities under a Biden administration?
2: As much as I think that we are encouraged by what the administration is saying, I think people need to keep in mind that there is going to continue to be required a large investment in transportation and transit by local governments. Um, The days of the large injection of federal funding into uh, into the cities for transportation ha- have really kind of come and gone. So I think everybody needs to understand that, that we're going to have to have a transportation s- solution. It's going to require some form of dedicated funding and the community is going to have to support that dedicated funding to get the transportation system that they're looking for.
0: Let me combine these two questions and then uh, I'll be done also from the... Facebook live audience. Uh, we have so much construction going on. How do you measure the volume of businesses and residents that will end up filling all those buildings? And the other, uh, the other side of growth, national growth comes at some expense, affordable housing, gentrification and so forth. How do proponents of growth balance those issues with the benefits of growth?
2: Uh, I would tell you that we just finished um, the work with community leaders on a five-year economic development plan, and one of the key themes that came out of it was that with the growth of jobs, there's expanded opportunity, but the management of that growth is something that they feel Nashville needs to catch up on a bit. By and large, they feel that Managing the growth that's coming is within our capability, but it is something that we need to be more attentive to because quite honestly, Pat, um, you know, this city's popular, Um, it remains popular and the features, the foundation of this city, both economically, socially, culturally, et cetera, continues to be a real magnet. for for young people. So I think there's agreement even in the business community that managing growth, um, making sure our neighborhoods stay our neighborhoods, making sure that opportunity is spread across the region, making sure that everybody in the region has an opportunity to benefit from this growth and prosperity and opportunity. I think they feel we need to do some work in all those categories.
0: We have one uh, Last uh, question from Sarah. Uh, I think she uh, might have been inspired by these last couple of questions. How do we effectively educate residents on the need for increased local taxes to replace expectations of federal funding, for example, transportation? Is there a Department of uh, Citizen Education, or how how do we do that? Not in your um, your (laughs) chamber?
2: Uh, you want to take that one, Carl? You want me to comment?
1: On- well, I think it's a, it's a great question because I mean, I mean, clearly, two of the things I've, i think I think I spoken positively of in tonight's programming has been public education, which clearly involves resources, and you know, one of the issues is paying our teachers what they should be paid and attracting um, great people into the profession. But it also means having um, money there to make sure that we're giving enhancements to students who have had a, a rough eight or sort of an unstable eight or nine months, not of their own fault, but because of the pandemic, how they get ahead, and that's going to require resources. And you know, people, I'm as guilty as any politician, I suppose, a uh, former politician, of not of not talking about um, that enough. But but schools need resources, and clearly with transit, it's not a you know, I, I don't think I think the costs there are manageable and there are ways to get federal funding. I think Ralph is absolutely right. There's got to be a local component of that. The, the days of the, of the federal government coming in and saying we're going to build everything are, are passed. Um, and I think that those realistic conversations need to take place in terms of transit planning. Uh, it just doesn't happen um, for free. I, I, I would say, though, that Nashville remains a very attractive place to live and, a, and an affordable place to live. Um, and people will be looking, I think, I mentioned there'll be concerns about federal budget deficits, there'll be concerns about the enormous, enormous challenges that local government is going to face during during this economic recovery, as will state governments, and people just need to talk about it honestly.
0: Well, uh, I think we're, we're close to wrapping up here. Let me make one uh, note that we have a special program coming up on the 28th a uh, program sponsored by the Korea Economic Institute called the Future of Korea, two components. uh, One will be in the morning at 9 a.m. with the Nashville Area Chamber International Business Council. And uh, Ralph, let me express my appreciation from the World Affairs Council for the work that uh, Lori Odom and the IBC uh, is doing on uh, working with us and and independently on on programs. Uh, That will uh, involve speakers from the Department of State Deputy Secretary of State for Korea and Japan, the Korea Economic Institute, and the Embassy of Korea. Uh, Then we'll have an evening program, a town hall meeting, with a keynote address from Bob Rolfe, the Commissioner of the Tennessee Economic and Community Development uh, uh, Commission, and uh, that will include those same speakers talking about the overall uh, U.S.-Korea relationship, uh, political, cultural, commercial, etc., uh, so, Ralph, uh, on, on that note, any closing comments you might have about uh, the importance of trade investment, the international things going on? Um, global trade,
2: you know, and global investment continues to be the future. Nashville's an attractive place uh, for that future. Our diversity helps us. So, um, you know, we, again, we continue to see positive movement in that, in that category as well.
0: And we have terrific representation here, the uh, Consulate of Japan and, uh, and businesses, uh, uh, foreign-based uh, businesses uh, based in Japan that uh, have uh, invested here in Tennessee, very important to the uh, the commercial development of our community.
2: Well, and Patrick, your organization and the IBC do an awful lot to keep, continue to promote that, as does uh, the, the state, uh, state ECD operation, very aggressive in making Nashville, and Middle Tennessee, and Tennessee known globally?
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I would, again, the things that have been happening as we've been going through uh, social separation, uh, we had a great conversation with Kate Burke from uh, Alliance Bernstein. I mean, here is a, a global company that has moved its headquarters to Nashville, settling down here um, and, and doing quite well. I mean, I, I think on international Component to Nashville business is just going to grow and grow as it will with um, the nature of our, our city. It's going to become a much more diverse city, and and that's all for the good. Mm-hmm.
0: Terrific uh, conversation, gentlemen. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Ralph. We're going to have to make sure that it doesn't go uh, ten months before we we have you back. I think uh, Mayor Dean wanted me to to get you on the calendar at, at least uh, every other week. Is that uh, That works for your. Well, Ralph, it it, it shouldn't be ten months, and
1: we can also we can have a calmer time period between (laughs) one visit to the next. Hopefully, it'll all be just good news for the next uh, five or six uh, months here.
2: I think the next time we get together, people are going to feel Nashville on the rise again.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is. It is. For sure.
1: Thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Pat.
0: Thank you, everybody. You bet. Thanks, everybody, for coming and uh, take a look at TNWAC.org. Please become a member or support your Tennessee World Affairs Council. Thanks, everybody. Have a good evening.